We are on episode 13 of the Summit for Wellness podcast. Here's what's coming up. You know, there's what we call man-made radiation. So this is stuff that's not found in nature, things that come from technology that we've created, you know, whether it's electricity or any kind of um, electronic field that, that creates a electric field and a magnetic field. And then there's also the, you know, the information traveling frequencies that are at the higher frequencies that are have to do with Wi-Fi and cell phones and smart meters and any wireless communication like Bluetooth or, you know, even baby monitors and that, those sorts of things. But the main thing with the cell phone is the high frequency radiation. The reason that it's so detrimental to health is because it has this radio wave or also known as microwave radiation that sends a signal all the way to the cell phone tower with all this data and then it go, comes back and usually usually when it comes back it's either going through the, the tissue in your brain or some other part of your body but if it's hitting any part of your body your body's conductive so it acts like an antenna when you have this voltage going through your body you think about the the muscles and you know even like the heart the heart is a muscle and what do we do to restart a heart? We, we send voltage through it with a defibrillator and to restart the heart. And that basically contracts the muscle to restart it. And then you also have people who do these different therapies with, with these electrodes attached to their body that when the voltage goes into the muscle, it contracts the muscle. So, you know, what does that, what does that say about uh, when you're sleeping on your bed and you have this voltage going through your body? You think you're getting proper rest, you think those muscles are getting the, the kind of rest and relaxation and restoration that they need at night. But what I've found and what GeoVitalist found is that, you know, the most important place to protect yourself is the bedroom because that's when your body is actually restoring and repairing tissues and your brain is being flooded with melatonin. And Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast, where we help you climb to the peak of your health. And now, here is your host, Brian Carroll. Welcome to the Summit for Wellness podcast. I hope everyone's been enjoying the last uh, few episodes that we have had. I have been working really hard and trying to get um, some really top-notch uh, practitioners to come onto the show to discuss uh, their areas of expertise. And I'm working really hard on my end to bring you guys the best type of information that I can. And I'm also trying to figure out different ways to um, present this information to you. So one of the things I've been looking more into is to also add in um, video podcasting. So we would have the audio files like this one. But then for people that are closer to me, uh, we'll be able to do more um, live, in-person type videos as well as audios. So... Um, you guys can see a little bit more about the information that they may pre be presenting. And typically these practitioners are going to be more like physical therapists, chiropractors, uh, people more in the movement world where they have 
um, things to show and demonstrate, and it's a lot easier to show that in a video. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I will let everybody know when I launch that and when I start implementing that. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll stick with the audio, and I'll keep trying to find uh, more practitioners to talk with that would be better in an audio format. I already have a couple people lined up for the video. I just need to get the equipment for that. So if there's anything specific you guys want to listen to or hear from, please let me know. Either shoot me an email or mention it in the comments so I know what um, people people that you guys want to listen more to and learn more from. Uh, like I said, this show is all about you guys, and I'm doing everything I can to bring you guys the best information and to provide you guys with what you want to hear. And to go along with providing um, the best information and health products for you guys, uh, right now we are still offering 25% off of your first order with Thrive Market. So if you go to summitforwellness.com slash thrive, then you can get 25% off of your first order. And a lot of the products on there are already close to wholesale pricing, so it's even more of a discount. So go take a look at that and see if there's any products that you want to get and take advantage of that 25% discount. In conjunction with Thrive Market, we are also about one week out from um, the Whole30 Starter Kit giveaway that uh, we talked about in the last episode with Lenny. So if you have not gone onto summitforwellness.com and signed up for our newsletter, then go to the website and do that now so that you will automatically be enrolled in the raffle for the free starter pack. The episode today is talking about a subject that I really didn't know a whole lot of information about. I've been exposed to uh, pieces of it, but I haven't delved into it very deeply, and that would be EMFs, which are electromagnetic fields. And so... Instead of me trying to explain what it is, I decided to bring on someone that uh, travels around the country doing um, in-home inspections for people all about EMFs and what's leaking into their house and into their bedrooms. And so uh, our guest today um, knows way more information about this than I think I ever will. So hopefully you guys get a lot of information um, out of this episode. He definitely... Um, makes some really good valid points, especially uh, the when he goes into detail talking about what the EMFs do to the body and how if you're sleeping in that type of environment, how it can uh, prevent you from getting the sleep that you deserve. So take a listen to this episode, let me know what you think, and let's get started. Brian is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified geobiologist trained by GeoVital Academy, a 35-year running naturopathic clinic in Austria that specializes in radiation protection and environmental medicine. Brian has completed courses in advanced clinical nutrition assessment techniques, autonomic response testing with Dr. Dietrich Klinghart at the Klinghart Academy, and hundreds of hours of continuing education in nutrition and clinical assessment. He currently has a mobile concierge wellness practice and travels up and down the west coast of the U.S. often. 
He also organizes healing and educational retreats annually in Hawaii, which that sounds really nice. He lives with his wife and three daughters, and they are currently on a road trip with their EMF-shielded tiny house touring along a southern route of the U.S. and will be doing tours on the East Coast this summer and again on the West Coast in September-October. Please welcome Brian Hoyer to the show. Hey, thanks, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. I, I find it a little ironic that we will be talking about EMFs and we're probably both on wireless internet. At least I know I am, but <laughs> I'm sure you'll talk about that a little bit more and how to integrate that into daily lives. But can you talk a little bit about your journey to um, getting into the EMF um, field? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, after my training with the Nutritional Therapy Association, you know, it kind of they have all these opportunities then you need to continue on and get more education to, uh, you know, keep up your certification and everything. So I, uh, you know, one of our mentors, John Jenis from the, from NTA, you know, he, he was trained by Dr. Klinghart and he uses his assessment techniques techniques in his practice. And so I was fascinated by that and wanted to take that training as well. And so when I was taking that training, one of the main things that Dr. Klinghart talked about was electromagnetic radiation. And he kind of explained how half his practice um, has, um, his half of the patients in his practice are kids with autism. And then he also has like chronic Lyme disease patients and, and all kinds of people like that come to him after seeing like 20 doctors that can't figure out what's wrong with them. But the first, very first thing that he does with them is he addresses all of the electromagnetic radiation stressors and then also the geopathic stress. So, and, he's like, and he won't even schedule like the first appointment until those things have been taken care of. So it's that important to him. And I was like, oh man, I really got to pay attention to this. So I started researching and trying to understand this better and, and realizing that it was a huge issue. And we'll kind of talk more about that later. But uh, to make a long story short, I uh, I eventually found GeoVital, and they kind of you know, in the United States, I was researching all the different types of uh, solutions, and there was really no like, you know, there was no one solution for for everything. And then when I found GeoVital, it was like, okay, I'm going to take that training because they're at least a naturopathic clinic. They've been doing this for 30 plus years. And they know what they're doing because they try to help with the health of their patients and their, you know, the people that come to their clinic that have issues. So I took their training. It was kind of life changing for me in, in my practice and seeing my clients and everything. And, uh, you know, from from that point on, I've just kind of, you know, I've taken the red pill and gone deeper. <laughs> Is there a difference between EMFs and geopathic stresses at all? Yeah. So, you know, the, um, well, they're all, they're all a, a type of electromagnetic radiation, but the difference I like to uh, explain to people is that, you know, there's what we call man-made radiation. So this is stuff that's not found in nature, things that come from technology that we've created, you know, whether it's electricity or any kind of, um, electronic field that, that creates a electric field and a magnetic field. And then there's also the, you know, the information traveling frequencies that are the higher frequencies that are 
have to do with Wi-Fi and cell phones and smart meters and any wireless communication like Bluetooth or, you know, even baby monitors and that, those sorts of things. So, you know, basically when I do an assessment for people, I'm testing for four different things. You know, I'm testing three of the things are man-made or non-native uh, electromagnetic stressors. And then the fourth thing is the natural radiation that comes up from the earth that has, has to do with different ge geologic anomalies. And then also the earth's magnetic field, which creates lines that go north, south, east, west, and then northeast to southwest and southeast to northwest. So it's kind of like a grid line, two different grids. One is set north, south, east, west, and the other one's slanted sideways and kind of goes diagonal. Um, what do you find to be more effective against people? Is it the geopathical stresses or the man-made or the non-native EMF radiation? Well, it's kind of, it's, it's a, you know, it's a package deal. Um, when I go into someone's home, a lot of times, uh, people are just overwhelmed by all the different things that there are to take care of. But when you think about it, like that's, that's just the way that things are when uh, people are designing homes and not thinking about about uh, designing them as they relate to you know keeping the health of the person in mind. So, you know, if you think about it, we'll just we'll just kind of go through each of the uh, maybe we should just go through each of the different types of uh, EMF and then kind of differentiate between them and and I'll kind of tell what I typically find in a home assessment. Would that be a good way That'd to do it? That'd be perfect. Okay, so. One of the main things that people, you know, think about when they think of EMF is they think of their cell phone, you know, oh, should I, should I turn off my cell phone or keep my cell phone out of my bedroom at night? And, uh, you know, but the main thing with the cell phone is the high frequency radiation. The reason that it's so detrimental to health is because it has this radio wave or also known as microwave radiation that sends a signal all the way to the cell phone tower with all this data and then it go, comes back and usually usually when it comes back it's either going through the, the tissue in your brain or some other part of your body but if it's hitting any part of your body your body's conductive so it acts like an antenna just like there's an antenna in your phone there's antennas where different cell phones towers meet up and transmit information back and forth between one another so these, uh, these frequencies actually are, are really close on the electromagnetic spec spectrum to uh, different light frequencies that our body has learned to delineate from over time. Uh, and, and those light frequencies normally, like the blue light and then the more orange light, they tell the body different things uh, according to what time of day it is. So like when you wake up in the morning, the blue light uh, from the sun tells you that, hey, it's daytime, this is when we need to start producing cortisol, and so you produce more cortisol, and then as the day goes on, the, the different light frequencies of the sun changes and tells your body different things about which hormones to produce during the day, and uh, then at nighttime when the sun sets, the, the sun turns more orange, and the orange uh, sun is void of the blue light. And so a lot of people wear those blue blocking glasses at night to help uh, increase their melatonin production, you know, if they're, if they're looking at screens or they have artificial light in their house. So that's a good thing. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is that these microwave and radio wave frequencies are very close on the electromagnetic spectrum to this blue light. And so the hypothalamus actually is kind of like a thermostat. It's like monitoring the environment to see if it needs to turn on any of the, uh, of the hormones. And so what it does is it'll detect this, this uh, frequency of these radio signals or the microwave signals and it'll, it'll kind of perceive it as if it's blue light. And so it'll up the cortisol production at exactly the wrong time. You know, so, you know, we have all this increase of people with adrenal fatigue and adrenal issues and high cortisol states and just dysregulation with the, all the adrenal function and everything. And, you know, one of the root causes of that that I've found in my practice is that we're being exposed to this high frequency radiation and it's throwing off our whole endocrine system. Interesting. So even if you're using the blue light blocker glasses or using the uh, various apps that can block out the blue light, if you're still on your computer or your phone, then um, just the frequencies emitting from those devices can still keep you awake. Right, yeah. And, you know, anything you can do to reduce the stress load, you know, to reduce the blue light is good and beneficial, but you're never getting to that optimal of what our ancestors had before all these frequencies were introduced. Interesting. So those are more of the man-made um, frequencies. Uh, are there other non-native type frequencies that you look for? Yeah, so that that's the high frequency radiation, and you can kind of think of that as like any information that travels through the air. Um, and then the other things that I test for in the home are uh, low frequency electric fields. And that comes from like wiring in the walls and anything that's plugged in that brings electric fields into the bedroom. But what's interesting is that, you know, when, when we're doing a home assessment, uh, I'll put my meter up on the, on the wall and the wall will be electrically charged and have voltage going through it. Every wall surrounding the bed. And then if you have like a metal bed frame or springs in your mattress, it increases that voltage that's going through your body at night. So, you know, when I go into a bedroom, I'm testing not only the walls and, and the lamps and, and everything that's plugged in, but I'm also testing the person's body. And so even if I have everything unplugged from the room and the breaker is still on, I'll put my meter on the person's body and it'll be like, having the the beeping and warning signs and everything that like hey we have about a thousand volts per meter going through your body right now even though there's nothing plugged into the bedroom and so all of that electricity comes from the wiring in the walls and just having live electricity in the walls and that's something that we we never had until about you know 150 200 years ago and it just became more widespread so um you know and then we can talk about the biologic effects after this, but I want to give you a chance to kind of reflect on that if you want to. Yeah, that's really kind of fascinating and kind of scary at the same time. That even with everything unplugged, you still have uh, radiation waves coming through. So uh, would one of the benefits be to turn the circuit breaker off? Yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Uh, when we when I do a home assessment, I'll test each wall, and then we'll find out which breakers uh, are going 
are, are affecting each wall. And often, you know, yesterday I did an assessment and there was 14 breakers affecting this one bedroom. It's not as simple as just finding out if the where, where the plugs and lights are. There's also wires that cross and go other places in the house that, you know, uh, basically have voltage escaping onto the other wires that go into the bedroom. So uh, you really have to have somebody who's trained to do this to come in and, and figure out exactly which breakers you need to have turned off to create the proper environment. Then there's things that you can install like a circuit cutoff switch so you don't have to go out to the breaker box all the time. All you have to do is press this button like a key fob and it turns off up to four breakers at one time. And then, uh, um, but yeah, you basically if you have electricity on in the room, you know, like you can plug something in and turn the light on. Even if something's not plugged in, you still have that electricity going through your body all night long. And, you know, the way I like to explain it to people is that, um, you know, you think of how voltage is used in the nervous system and especially as it has to do with muscles. And, you know, I know in your podcast, you talk a lot about like uh, injury recovery and, 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 uh, and the nervous system. So like EMF is like a, a crucial uh, thing to think about with this, because when you're when you have this voltage going through your body, you think about the, the muscles and, you know, even like the heart, the heart is a muscle. And what do we do to restart a heart? We, we send voltage through it with a defibrillator and to restart the heart. And that basically contracts the muscle to restart it. And then you also have people who do these different therapies with, with these electrodes attached to their body that when the voltage goes into the muscle, it contracts the muscle. So, you know, what does that, what does that say about uh, when you're sleeping on your bed and you have this voltage going through your body? You think you're getting proper rest? You think those muscles are getting the, the kind of rest and relaxation and restoration that they need at night? No, they're not. <laughs> so, you know, that's something that kind of opens people's eyes to, hey, this EMF thing isn't some hoo-ha. This is, this is real. This is something that's affecting our bodies on a basic level, you know, if those muscle cells and, and, and different, uh, things in the nervous system are not getting a chance to just relax and, and be and, and regenerate, they're actually being contracted by this voltage that's going across the cell membranes, then, you know, that that's an issue. You're going to, you're not going to wake up feeling refreshed. You're not going to, um, you know, a lot of people wake up sore. They have insomnia and, and all sorts of different symptoms that are just related to simply the electric fields. So with that, um, I'm just, we'll go more into how to block everything out of your bedroom. But is there uh, like a specific level that you want to get to for the amount of voltage that's running through a bedroom? Yeah. So the meter that I use is one that GeoVital designed to you know measure the walls and the body, and Typically with that meter, we want, we want to have uh, below 30 volts per meter on the body. And that's what they found in their uh, naturopathic clinic to be the level that people will start recovering, you know, recovering at. And they have everything based on their clinical experience of like, okay, it has to be below this on the high frequency meter, which that, their high frequency meter, they also measure the body as if the body's an antenna for the cell towers and Wi-Fi and everything. So you actually 
hold this little antenna on the meter and it creates your body as an antenna. Whereas most other high frequency meters, they just have, are measuring the air. And so whatever the little antenna in the meter is picking up is what the, what those meters pick up. But the geovital meter actually has a place where you can use the body as an antenna so you can see what your body is actually absorbing and being exposed to. And it, it creates a very different picture and one that's a lot more meaningful because you're, because it's a body measurement, you know, and, and the reason that we care about all these frequencies is because we want to know how it's impacting our bodies. Can you give some references as to uh, the, amounted, the amount of voltage per meter some devices give? So if we're looking for 30 uh, volts per meter, what would be similar to that? And then what would like a cell phone be um, emitting? Yeah, cell phone wouldn't be too much on the electric fields. So with the cell phone, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, the, the microvolts actually is what, what the high frequency measures. So um, with the microvolts, you want below 30 microvolts, ideally. And cell phones, like when I'm testing a person and I'm in an area that I can do that because it's free of, uh, of the high frequency radiation, I'll have a cell phone and I'll make a call and it'll go up to like six, 7,000 microvolts with just, wow. just connecting to a phone call. And so that can be like a, an enormous stressor on, on the nervous system and, it, and confusion for the hypothalamus and, and about what time of day it is and what's going on. You know, like, I don't know what the brain is thinking. Maybe it's like, oh, there's a solar flare or something like that, you know, but um, it can really disrupt the way that the body was meant to work you know, with, uh, if you're thinking about it from this ancestral perspective. So is that the same for like, if you received a text message during the night or maybe you got an email no notification, would it be emitting, um, those high levels of micro voltage? Yeah. If with the text message, it might not emit as much as a phone call because the phone call is like sending a lot more information than what a text message is. Um, but, you know, there was a story I heard about another practitioner who um, their, their son was very electro, they called electro hypersensitive, people who are really sensitive to these non-native or man-made electromagnetic radiation. And he had his son in a, what they call a Faraday cage. So he had like a sleeping canopy and uh, his son's bedroom was right above the garage and uh you know, he was sleeping well ever since they installed this, this canopy. And what, what happened one night is he, his son woke up in the middle of the night screaming at 3 a.m. And he didn't know why, like that hadn't happened, like since they installed the canopy. And so they were, they were like confused by this. But then when he went down to his garage and looked in his truck, he had left his cell phone in there and he got a text message from one of his coworkers at 3 a.m. And you know, so that was just kind of one of those eye-opening stories that you that you hear and like, man, this stuff really does affect people. And even though it's invisible, uh, you know, it has the ability to confuse our brains. And and even with with kids, you know, it makes you think. Like, I have three three daughters, and when they're when they're babies, you always kind of wonder. Like, sometimes they're crying and you don't know why. It always makes me wonder. Like, you know, before I knew about this stuff. I wonder how many times they were crying because of this radiation, you know, and we're thinking, oh, they're just fussy. They can't, we can't calm them down and that sort of thing, you know, but it's just something interesting to think about.
And to take that point, you talked about the baby monitors before and how they emit um, EMFs as well. So if you have that right next to your baby, I'm sure that's uh, causing some distress to their bodies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've tested some baby monitors that are actually worse than, than uh, cell phones. And it's wow. it's insane. It's like basically having a cell phone tower next to your baby in the in the house, you know. So it, it can be very disruptive. And, you know, we we kind of got around that because we, you know, found attachment parenting and, and do co sleeping and stuff like that with the kids. But um yeah, if you're if you're wanting to go the baby monitor route, there are some options that are lower EMF and uh but I haven't I haven't tested all of them. They, they claim to be lower EMF or lower emitting, but if you can get a wired version of anything, it's always better. So then we talked about the micro volts. Can you give some examples of um, regular voltage and what would be around 30 volts per meter or greater? Yeah, so like any... Um, on, on typical meters that you can get at like the hardware store, you're looking for even a lower voltage on those, like 0.3 volts. Um, the, the meter I use is specialized for home assessments, and so you're looking for 30 volts per meter on, on that one. But basically, like the ground in the house, if you shut off all your power and then put the, the meter to your, to the, to your body, you should be just below 30 volts. And, uh, you know, or if we find the specific breakers that are affecting the bedroom, we can, we can get down to that. But, you know, just as a general rule, you can get it down to um, the amount that, that, you, that, that is optimal by shutting off the main power. And that's assuming that your grounding isn't messed up from, uh, from electric fields that are coming in on the main source because you can't shut off the, the wire that actually comes to the house, you know, or, and then sometimes there's a, there's an electric current that comes in on people's uh, water pipes and things from the neighborhood uh, when there's a, a wire crossing a pipe and then there's voltage that actually spreads through a whole neighborhood because of, um, because of one person or several people like having a wiring error where they have the, the wire going over the, the water pipes. Wow, so it might not even be directly at your house. It could be something that, like you said, they laid a wire over a pipe and the pipe is coming directly to your house and then that could cause uh, the frequencies just from that. Yeah, that can, that can cause, you know, an electric current in the, in the grounding system or it can even cause like high magnetic fields all, all, around, all along the water pipes in the house, uh, which is a different one that we haven't addressed yet, but... Yeah, there's, you know, typically in most, you know, about 50% of houses, you get that problem. But um, a lot a lot of the time, you just shut off the main power and you should get a good uh, reading. And that's something you can kind of do to test is if you feel like you're always antsy and always like, like uh, you know, nervous and agitated or whatever, shut off the power to your house and just take a nap, you know, let the fridge go for, for like a few hours um, you know, without power and just take it, take a nap without the electricity on and see how, see how you feel, see if you can get better rest. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll do that. They'll shut off the power to their whole house and they'll just feel like, oh my gosh, this is, it feels so quiet here. I don't feel this buzzing sound, this nervous tension that I normally have. 
And that's the way that we're meant to sleep. You know, um, when we're camping, we kind of experience um, that kind of sleep. And we always tend to go to bed earlier when we're camping because of the light environment and also because we're not as exposed to the uh, all these electromagnetic fields. Yeah, it's meant, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I do a ton of backpacking and I get some of the best nights of sleep when I'm out in the mountains because I'm away from, you know, the noise, I'm away from all the EMFs, I am don't have my, like, any electrical device with me. And like you said, once the sun goes down, I go to sleep. When the sun comes up, I wake up and even, you know, even though... Sometimes the ground might not be that comfortable or the climate might not be that comfortable. I still feel pretty rested in the mornings. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just like you're you're uh, eliminating three of the four stressors that I that I would test for in a home assessment just by going out in in nature. You know, somewhat, you know, there, there's still probably some cell phone towers that are reaching out there um, possibly or over overhead satellite and that sort of thing. But. I mean, you're drastically reducing anything when you're going out in the middle of nowhere and sleeping on the ground and there's no electricity around, you know, it's, it, it can be a very rejuvenating experience to just, just be in nature like that. One of the things I've been noticing more and more when I go out is it used to be, I could never find cell service. And now, um, more and more places have cell service pretty much the entire time you're hiking. So I don't know if it's because of more cell towers or the cell signals are stronger. I'm not really sure what causes that, but it's kind of concerning that we can't, it's getting tougher to break away from those EMFs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why, you know, I'm finding more and more that, you know, that one of the, the solution that we have for the, for the high frequency is to actually shield the bedroom with this um, shielding paint. It's called T98 Alpha shielding paint. And it's it has graphite and carbon in it and it's like 0.2 VOC. So they try to make it as inert as possible. But you cover the whole bedroom in this and it blocks out all the uh, cell phone frequencies um, as much as possible. and you know, it goes up to 20 gigahertz. So, uh, and that's, that's, you know, there, there are some cell phone towers out there that are operating at 19 and 20 gigahertz right now. So, um, you know, when you think about it from the cell phone perspective, you're thinking of 3G is means the G stands for gigahertz. So three gigahertz, 4G is four gigahertz. And then five is 5G that's coming out now is uh, five gigahertz. But the towers, you know, so our basically our phones are going to be operating at those levels. The towers are already operating at levels of like 6, 10, 12, 19 gigahertz. So, you know, that's that's kind of something that GeoVital had in mind when they designed their paint was like, you know, there's other shielding paints on the market that are, that are uh, shielding like really well up to 3 gigahertz, but, but, but we're way beyond that now. So... They're kind of a, a lot more, you know, not as adequate as shielding against those higher frequencies, which are the ones that are more damaging. So, um, you know, you shield, you, you paint the room with that, with one layer, and then you actually use grounding tape around the, all the edge of the room, then up one wall and then the ceiling. And what that does is it grounds the entire room. So it traps the electric fields in the walls. 
So when I go to test a person's body, that voltage will be down as long as there's nothing plugged into the wall that's bringing the electric field in. If I test a person's body after they have a shielded bedroom with the grounding tape, uh, their voltage should be down right where we like it. You know, and that's also assuming that the floor doesn't have an electric field. And if that's the case, then we have this mesh that we put down underneath the bed to, to draw those electric fields away. Yeah, can you go a little bit more into some of the other gadgets that you use to help keep these EMFs out of people's homes? Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the main one um, is the shielding paint because it takes care of two things with one go. So you, because you're taking care of the high frequency with the paint and then the, uh, and then the low frequency electric shields because you're actually grounding that paint that's conductive. How much is the paint? Oh, the paint is, it's, it's pretty expensive. It retails for $808 for, uh, five liters or in, in us that's 1.33 gallons. Wow. But, um, if you, if you're looking online for, uh, like remediation for, for this, you know, they sell canopies that are around 13 or $1,500 and they're only shielding up to three gigahertz. So when you, when you keep that in mind, you, you kind of realize that, okay, well, this isn't that bad. And then if you actually get an assessment done, you know, by a geovital consultant like myself, or, or I think there's maybe th only three other people in the United States right now, then you get it for, um, a, a, about a 20% discount. So it's about six seventy-eight per bucket at that point. How many coats would you need to put on the walls? Is it a one-time deal and then you're good up to the 20 gigahertz or do you have to put a few coats down? Yeah, you just, uh, the stand, the gold standard is two coats, um, to get, to get the attenuation that we like to see, especially in places with really high electromagnetic radiation from the cell phone towers and everything. But um, for some people, if they live in an apartment or something and they don't know if they want to move, you know, I'll recommend that they could do one coat and then you're, you've got some protection from the high frequency and then you're protected from the electric fields as well. And, you know, some people opt for that or they'll do the, the other thing that we do for the, like the windows and things is we have this, this fabric that's, uh, that's made, you know, has different metals infused in it. It's called the Nova fabric. And uh, we use that as curtains, or you can actually make a sleeping canopy out of that. And that does really well up to eight gigahertz. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's about, you know, it's, it's a much better fabric than a lot of the other fabrics that are on the market too, uh, because it, it shields at those high, at those much higher frequencies, whereas the other ones are, you know, that's one thing that really bugged me when I was searching for solutions is I would go online and search and people would advertise things as 99.99% effective. You think, oh, that's really good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'd be doing really good if I bought this. But then you look at the fine print or the test reports and it's up to one gigahertz, you know. And if it's only that effective up to one gigahertz and they're not advertising at, you know, the 3G that my cell phone uses or 4G or 5G or the, you know, the 20 gigahertz that these cell phone towers are operating at and it's worthless at those levels so you know when I found out about that I was like I need to find something that works better and you know that's why you know I've really liked working with GeoVital is they they're 
the naturopathic clinic and they actually put in solutions that work for people. It's not about just selling them a product. It's about, you know, we follow up with, with people. They really match my, the, the style of my practice, you know, with being a practice with integrity and one that's concerned with getting people well, not just selling them a product, you know. So we follow up with people in my practice and we make sure that they're doing well and that, that all the solutions put in are, are working as they should work to remediate the, the different radiation stressors that we find. I know there's also some protective clothing out there. Do they do a whole lot of good for you or is that kind of just a marketing scheme as well? Well, I kind of am on the fence a little bit about this because um, the clothing, I think it helps to reflect something away that's that's a direct contact with, with the body tissue. But um, at the same time, uh, you know, if the body is like an antenna, then no matter what, if you're, if any part of your body is hit by that radiation, then the whole body is getting hit with it. So, um, it doesn't, doesn't make perfect sense that you're going to be absolutely protected by just wearing a shirt or underwear or something like that. That's, um, shield, shielded, you know, because if your head is still exposed and you're not wearing like a beekeeper outfit where, where everything is covered, then you're, you're always going to be, you know, I'm always going to be able to test a person and it'll be the same high voltage on the, in the person's body as if they weren't wearing anything at all, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things that I, I kind of think, yeah, it might help a little bit, but, um, really it's, you know, when you test, when you actually use the meter and test the body, it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's also cell phone cases that are supposed to protect from EMFs. How do those work? Because um, I'm assuming that you would want your cell phone to be able to still receive calls and messages and whatnot. So uh, I would then assume that it's not actually blocking out those high frequencies that you would need to block out to protect yourself. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, truly, you're not, you're not going to be able to use your cell phone without having some exposure. That's just the, the way that technology works, you know, but, um, the best ones I've seen out there are, are the ones my wife makes, makes some, and then GeoVital makes some. And what they do is they actually put in two layers of shielding between your body and the cell phone. And, uh, and the other, the other things that I've seen on the market, they, they don't do that. They, they just have the, one side of the phone blocked and then and then the the sides the actual sides of the phone you know like the face of the phone is blocked but the sides of the phone are are open and so all that radiation is seeping out and still getting your your body you know if you can see it you know think of it like a like a light bulb like your cell phone if it's if your cell phone's a light bulb where's the light getting out you know, and that's, that's how you know if the radiation is, is seeping through, you know, so you try to hold up your cell phone and make sure you can't see any side of your phone. Um, and if, if you can see any side of your, your phone and there's no barrier between you and the phone, then you know that that's not going to be a good case for you. So a lot of them just have a flap that you push down and, you know, I think it's probably better than nothing, but, um, 
they they advertise it and they test they test those a lot of the covers with with the wrong meters and uh it's yeah it's not you know there, there's a lot of deception that goes on in in this uh this field um and and you know i, I kind of get tired of it a lot of times <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot of people trying to just jump on the marketing bandwagon to sell product and it's not really benefiting people it's just a way for them to make money and being a practitioner like yourself who sees through it i'm sure is really frustrating yeah and you know a lot of a lot of times we're i I see people so worried about like being exposed um during the daytime and and you know like oh i I can't work at my new job because of this or that because they're they have wi-fi on all the time and there are people that are sensitive to really hypersensitive to um, the radiation and and everything in those environments but you know what i've found and what geovitalists found is that you know the most important place to protect yourself is the bedroom because that's when your body is actually restoring and repairing tissues and your brain is being flooded with melatonin and you know i don't know if um you're aware of this i think you might be the um there's a new discovery in 2013 of this uh, detoxification system in the brain that only happens only it only detoxes at at nighttime when you're sleeping and it's called the glymphatic system they didn't know about this before 2013 they, th- they always thought that the brain didn't really have a detoxification system they thought that it was just the lymph but actually at night what happens is your brain shrinks by about 40 percent and uh, all the brain cells shrink by about 40 percent and so it creates all this um, intercellular space and then melatonin floods the brain and basically it's it's like a very potent antioxidant so it neutralizes all these all this oxidation from the brain and this and the stress the uh, the metabolic waste and everything and it flushes it out of the cerebral spinal fluid in the back of the neck and you know it's dependent on melatonin to for that whole system to work properly and uh you know, I think that's probably the number one reason why once you fix um, these these stressors in the bedroom, your 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 body is able to heal. And uh, one thing I didn't talk about is uh, is that the radio frequencies actually cause um, leaky gut and also a permeable blood brain barrier. And you know that's been shown in study after study after study. And um, you know, once you fix that sleeping environment, um, that whole glymphatic system is able to work properly and your brain's able to kind of reset for the next day. And I've seen people like wake up rested, not, not needing coffee anymore. And even though they didn't want to give up their coffee, <laughs> they're like, Hey, what did you do to me? You, you shield, we shielded my bedroom and now I don't want coffee anymore. And I really loved having my cup of coffee in the morning, but they're just, what what it comes down to is they're feeling rested and restored and uh you know and their body's able to do what it was it is meant to do naturally and and detoxify and and get the rest that it needs is there a certain amount of time um you need to be sleeping before that detoxification process kicks in um yeah i think it's uh, i haven't studied that extensively but i think that you know it has to do with the rem sleep actually so, um, yeah, I, you know, they say that, you know, there's a lot of different, uh, sleep experts out there. 
and this is kind of a new field, so they're really still kind of studying it. And I haven't seen any, I haven't seen many, maybe there's one book out about it that I, that I have on my list of things to read. But, you know, it's it's a very, very new field of study with this glymphatic system. So it's it's one of those things that's kind of like still being studied and we don't know everything about it yet. Yeah, so it would be not only do you need to make sure that um, your body is releasing more melatonin so you can get into this detoxification pathway, but you need to make sure you're getting adequate sleep regardless. And a right. lot of people don't get enough of that. Exactly. So if we're looking at, if we take sleep out of the picture, which is should be around a third of your day, um, what are some permanent ways that we can address the uh, man-made EMF radiation issue? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people choose to uh, shield their whole house with paint. There's a there's a video on the GeoVital website about a whole house shielding where they actually shield the whole house, and the paint is black, so because it's made out of graphite and carbon, and so they actually you know painted the whole house black with two layers, and then um, you know and shielded the whole house that way uh, from the high frequency, but. Yeah, during the day, um, you can you could do that. You know, I I've kind of started to recommend to people to like try to sleep in a, a reduced radiation or radiation free environment when they're eating too, because all of these frequencies do um, stimulate the sympathetic nervous system. And so, if you're eating in a sympathetic state, you know you're not going to be digesting your food because that's a parasympathetic process. We know all that from mm -hmm. our training and everything. I'm sure you've talked about that on your podcast somewhat so mm -hmm. um so yeah i've kind of started recommending that to people and then uh if ever you want to relax you know try to reduce the radiation and, and when you're doing any kind of therapy or anything that involves that parasympathetic state you know try to reduce the radiation as much as possible so the way we do that in homes is the shielding paint and then um turning off you know breakers with the automatic switches and things like that but um yeah, you know, during the daytime, you know, what we really do try to focus on is is that sleeping area and and what we found is that if you just fix that, then the body can handle a certain amount of stress during the day. But so long as you have that area to return to, that sleeping sanctuary where your body can heal and restore at night, then you don't really have to worry about so much about the stressors that you that you're exposed to during the daytime. What's some uh, easy first steps that people can take to reduce the exposure in their home without going to the paint or um, get some of these expensive canopies? What can they do to get started tonight? Yeah, well, I think some of the easiest things are, um, you know, getting a little, a lot of people are really attached to their Wi-Fi. And um, if you can get away from that, it's optimal to have, go back to the Ethernet cables and hook up your uh, desktops and laptops to, to Ethernet. And uh, that's a really good first step. If you're still attached to your Wi-Fi because you want to uh, connect to your mobile phone or, or uh, tablet or whatever, then uh, at least turn the Wi-Fi off at night. And the easiest way to do that is to get one of those timers that people use for lamps when they're on vacation. And I, I don't know, I'm kind of old school. I like the little push timers, but I guess they have digital ones now. But, you, you know, you just click which time you want the Wi-Fi to go off and then turn back on. 
And that way you don't have to think about it. You know, it goes off at like, okay, I'm not going to be on the computer or the internet, you know, after 10 p.m. So I'm going to turn it off at 10. It's going to cut the internet off and the, the power. You know, it can't just cut the internet. It has to cut the power to the router off. Otherwise, it's sending an empty signal out that's still damaging. So cut the power off to the Wi-Fi router, and then it'll come on at like 7 or 8 a.m. whenever you get up and normally check your email or or your social media or whatever in the morning. So that's one thing with the Wi-Fi. Um, some other things are, you know, turn off the wireless on your on your wireless printer. A lot of printers now just come with wireless and it's on. And then there's wireless keyboards, wireless mouse, you know, and uh, also the cordless decked phones. Those are even worse than Wi-Fi routers. Really? Yeah. How so? Well, they just they they emit a much stronger signal. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So those those are those are really you know detrimental. I've seen those at like really high high signals, high body measurements, and everything too. And then um, you know we talked a little bit about the baby monitors. Um, yeah, that's most of the things. Some people's security systems in their house rely on wireless signals. So trying to switch to something that's more, um, that's that's not wireless is good. And then there's also the smart meter issue. So a lot of people have these smart meters installed, and there's this, um, you know, I you know the the best way to deal with the smart meters is probably the shielding paint. But they also make these covers where you can do some do-it-yourself covers that you can will kind of dampen the signal, and you can just search that on YouTube like DIY smart meter cover, and and you can find out how to make one out of Reflectix or aluminum mesh or whatever. But on the videos, don't worry about grounding. Grounding has nothing to do with the high frequency radiation. Um, just cover the meter, and it and it basically creates what they call a Faraday cage and doesn't let the signal. Uh, have doesn't it basically dampens the signal so your electric company won't come knocking on your door because the signal didn't get through but it'll definitely reduce the intensity of it is there a difference between uh, wireless or Wi-Fi and like Bluetooth no not really I mean they're they're just uh, you know the same frequencies but just different um, different technology different hardware so they, you know, it's the same type of radiation. It's still microwave or radio frequency radiation, and uh, yeah, there's not really a difference as far as like how to shield it or or what it does. You know, it does the same thing. It will cause that permeable permeable blood brain barrier, permeable gut membrane. And is is one better than the other when it comes to Wi-Fi or cell coverage? If you're just using like your mobile data compared to using the Wi-Fi data, um, yeah, actually, I you know, well, it, it's also kind of individual. But I know with my meter that measures the body, um, if you're using your mobile mobile data, it's going to be a lot more intense than than using your Wi-Fi during the day. So, if you kind of think about that as like, okay, I've got my phone here, and uh, What's it doing? It's communicating with my Wi-Fi router, which is like 20 feet away, you know. So what I do is I turn my phone on airplane mode, and then I turn the Wi-Fi on, 
if I'm going to use my data and, you know, or, or an app or whatever, and then I'm only sending that information 20 feet so the signal doesn't have to be as intense and it doesn't show up as much on my meter. But if I turn my Wi-Fi off and I'm using the mobile data, that that reading will skyrocket and it'll be much worse and much more intense because it has to go all the way to the cell phone tower and back with that data to travel. So it has to push out with much more power to get to that antenna and then and then receive that signal right back. That makes so, sense. So yeah, the the connecting to the Wi-Fi is actually much less detrimental than connecting to your data on your mobile phone. And then finally, you talked earlier about more of like natural radiation or the geopathic stress. What can we do about that, and how does that affect us? Does it affect us the same way as these man-made type um, radiation, or is it different? It's a, yeah, it's a little bit different. I mean, this has been around forever, you know, since since the creation of the Earth, and um, you know, it, there's a huge tradition that dates back to thousands of years, and in uh, in the Chinese literature, and also even even as far back as like the Greco-Roman literature about geopathic stress. So, you know, one of the stories I like to tell is how like in ancient Greece and and Rome before they would build any building, they would have sheep graze on the land for a year long and then determine whether that was a good place to build or not, whether it was a healthy place to build. And they would, you know, the way that they would do that is they'd have the sheep graze there and then after a year they would check the sheep and see how healthy they were. And if they were healthy, then they would go ahead and build there. If they weren't, then they would try to find a new place. And um, there was just kind of a, an easy way to test to see if that was a healthy spot to build. Um, and then, you know, the Chinese have, have had uh, a tradition of the feng shui. And, you know, before that was more in line with the geopathic stress and uh, determining where that was and, and making sure that we weren't built, they weren't building on that or, or anything. But now it's kind of turned into this more like fashion, you know, and, home decorating type of thing um which is a little bit sad but i mean i, I guess it still has some principles of it, of it in there but yeah as far as like what geopathic stress is it's the earth's magnetic field which we talked about earlier and uh in uh in europe uh for you know for several decades i think since about the 1920s or 30s they've known like the the places where the where the Earth's magnetic field crosses, they've known those as cancer crossings. And so they had this one uh, one guy who was um, who would would go from town to town and map out the towns and detect where the where these crossing points are. And also, there's things like underground water currents that get under extreme pressure and create an energy that comes up from the Earth, uh, a, a high magnetic field. And then uh, there's also like wherever there's fault lines or or metals and minerals mixing together called ground mixing, you know, those can create an energy as well. And those rise up and, and create a create a stressful magnetic field as well. So basically this guy, he would travel to these towns in Europe and and he would map out the geopathic stress lines. And, uh, you know, he had a policeman following him around, making sure that he wasn't talking to any of the people and things like that. And, 
so he 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 mapped everything out and then they compared it with the medical rector, records with the with the local town doctor and it correlated 100 percent every every place where there was a crossing point or a water vein going through a person's bed that person had cancer and interesting yeah it was so and they've done that multiple times in city after city and it was always the same result 100 percent correlation and so when i'm looking at like statistics like this and, and this tradition of, of learning about this geopathic stress, it's, it's pretty uh, incredible that we haven't really talked about that or done anything about this over in the West. But over in Europe, they, it's very common. People know what it is. And uh, the people that go and test it over there are called dowsers. So um, they'll, they'll come with their copper rods and their, their dowsing equipment and they'll They'll douse the home, and you know, over there they actually pay dowsers hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's some companies that pay them that much just to find out where this missing water pipe is that they lost the plans to, or, or to find out where the oil is to where where to dig, and uh, it's it's kind of an amazing tradition over there. And I feel really privileged to kind of bring that to the United States and start working with people on, um, you know, remediating it. So do they have better systems over there to um, keep EMFs out of people's homes as well? Yeah, well, the GeoVital is based in Austria. So okay. they're, they're kind of, we're kind of bringing their systems over here with, through them. And uh, yeah, there's, there's all different kinds of uh, ways that, they, that people have dealt with that. And, uh, you know, I think most people have settled on Okay, you can either have your house look like you live in a spaceship, or you can have it look like a normal home with the shielding paint, and and the you know and the curtains and fabric and everything, and that's kind of the goal is to make it look nice so that you don't look like you're some tinfoil hat person, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know have a normal looking house that's also healthy and and you know made it made so it's like the most optimal environment for your healing. So speaking of houses and optimal environments for healing, you recently built a tiny home that's completely shielded from EMFs, correct? Yeah, and we're not completely done with it, but you know we've finished the outside and I've incorporated some shielding measures on the inside already. But I, I stuck kind of I'm about halfway done with the shielding that I want to do. Because you know on the trip I've been able to test different places where we've had the tiny house and everything. And uh, not quite what I want, but I also don't have the curtains up. So um, I'm hoping that once we get everything uh, finished on the inside with the walls and everything, then we'll be able to kind of do a demonstration on, on all of that. And I'll post it up on my website. Can you talk a little bit about the process of building the tiny home and some of the components you've added in to keep all the radiation out? Is yes. it the same idea of what you've talked about already? Yeah, some of it. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're gonna do something, uh, if you're gonna start from scratch, there's a lot that you can do that will kind of cut down on the cost because the shielding paint is kind of expensive. But I'm I'm gonna end, actually end up using the shielding paint anyway, just because I want to make sure that everything's sealed up as as well as possible and do everything perfectly. But basically, on the outside, what we did was um, I did a house wrap that was uh, made of this uh, inert 
type of foam that has a radiant barrier attached to it. So I didn't really want to do the plastic Tyvek house wrap and support DuPont and things like that. So I we, we went that route with the this uh, type of house wrap called low E house wrap. And, uh, and that kind of had a dampening effect on a lot of the high frequency radiation. But then on top of that, we did steel siding rather than aluminum or something else because the steel actually has a very high attenuation rate against the high frequency radiation. And then, you know, we also did a metal roof. So um, the steel siding, you know, is, is basically the number, like the, the first barrier that protects us from, from the cell phone towers and everything that's coming from outside. And then um, on the inside for electric fields, I, I had these grounded threaded rods that are made for meant for structural support for the tiny house. They, they are bolted to the bottom of the trailer and then they go all the way up to the top plate of the framing where the roof is. And, you know, I use those as actual grounding rods. So when I ground the trailer, then I can just tie in my grounding to those rods and then uh, attach that to the, to the mesh for the lofts that goes underneath the flooring for the lofts so that if there's any electric fields coming from the kitchen or, or the living space below where, where like a light fixture is or something like that, that it won't be able to penetrate up into the, the sleeping areas in the lofts. So I kind of have that all open right now so people can come in and see like how we did that and everything. And uh, then when we finish our trip and we get to Cleveland where my father-in-law lives and he has some land, we're going to we're going to finish the inside of the tiny house and incorporate more like shielding paint and, and, uh, and the geopathic stress mats and things like that in, uh, into the flooring and, and the lofts and everything. I would have thought that metal would have been like a giant antenna. So it's interesting to hear that it kind of does the opposite. Yeah. I mean, it can be an antenna for electric fields, but you just don't want to park it, uh, you know, below the electrical lines. And as long as the trailer is grounded, all of those fields are basically going through that metal and down to the ground instead of through your body. So I think that's probably something we should talk about real quick here is the whole idea of grounding. Um, because I think there's a huge misconception out there about the benefit of grounding in certain places. And, uh, and it's just something that's really important to, to touch on here. So, um, yeah, if you go think for about, it. yeah, if you think about grounding as like, you know, okay, think, you know, just kind of put this picture in your mind of like a low hanging electrical line. And, uh, you know, the birds are always up on the electrical lines and they're fine. But if there was a low hanging electrical line and you jump up and, and grab onto that, you won't get electrocuted so long as your foot does not touch the ground. Right. But as, as soon as your foot touches the ground, you're toast. <laughs> so if you think about grounding like that, like a lot of people have these grounding sheets in their, in their bedrooms and they're in contact with them and they have the electricity on in their room. All that electricity is going through you just as if you're grabbing onto that wire and then you're touching the ground. So, so you're being a conduit for those electric fields to go to the ground. So it's electrocuting you on a small non non-lethal level but it is having a biological effect 
And so, you know, it's the same thing. Like if you're going down a slide at the playground and you try to shock someone, that electricity is traveling from you to the person that's on the ground. But as soon as you touch your foot to the ground, you can't shock them anymore because that electricity has left your body. Interesting. So the people that have those grounding pads, um, sometimes they'll sleep on them or do whatever on them. As long as the electricity is still turned on in their house, then that electricity is going through them into the grounding mat and it's not protecting them? Yeah, basically they're attracting the electric fields in the room to them because they're grounded. So it's making it worse. So yeah, it's making it worse. <laughs> the grounding needs to be thought of more as a barrier to, to keep the electric fields away from you, not as something that you use to discharge, you know? When you're, in, when you're in your house. Now, if you're out in nature and there's no electrical fields anywhere, then being attached to the ground will actually have some, on a quantum level, have some effect on releasing electrons into the earth and, and getting you know, a, a good, um, good energy from the earth. But you know, as far as like grounding in your home or, the, or around places that have electric fields, you want to use the grounding mats as a barrier and you never want to be in direct contact with them. So you do want to ground all your electronics. You want to ground, you can put the grounding sheet underneath your bed, but never sleep or be in contact directly with it. I know some people that have those grounding pads and they just use them. They live in the city and they use them every single day. So I will have to tell them about that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just did a, a video, or I'm going to do a video on the, I'm staying at a, a fellow, a colleague of mine's house, and she has a biomat, and uh, and I we did a really interesting test yesterday with it, and you know they there's a lot of things that uh, that claim that they're free of electromagnetic radiation, but it's only one type of radiation, so they don't test for the other types of radiation. So um, there's a way to ground a biomat that um, or a way to shield a biomat so that you're free of electric fields because it's it's built to be uh, low EMF from magnetic fields, but not the electric fields. And so we found out a way to actually shield from the electric fields as well. So you can actually get a really good therapeutic uh, dose of infrared therapy through the biomat when you incorporate the, the grounding technology into it. But you have to have a barrier between you and the grounding pad. Got it. You mentioned earlier that you do uh, house calls. You go into people's houses and you test them. Can you talk about your process and how people can find you? Yeah, so, you know, my website is uh, primalhealingrhythms.com. And if you go on there, you can kind of see all the services that I offer and everything. But basically, the home health assessment that I do, I, you know, I'm traveling around the United States right now. We're going to be in, we're in Austin, Texas right now. We're going to go to Louisiana. Uh, some of those other southern states I don't know so well, you know, all the way to Florida and then up through Georgia, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then Ohio. Then I'll probably do an East Coast tour as well, going up to the New England area and New York and some of those places. And then back in, uh, in uh, September, October, I'll be back on the West Coast doing stuff in the Pacific Northwest and then down to California. But basically it's a two to three hour uh home evaluation process, and I check for the three man-made uh, types of radiation, the high frequency uh, from cell phone towers and Wi-Fi and all that, and then the low-frequency electric and low-frequency magnetic fields. 
And then we also test for the geopathic stress in the bedrooms. And, you know, the idea with the assessment is to kind of get a game plan, you know, because so many people are like, oh, it's so overwhelming. Well, I don't want it to be overwhelming for people. I want to go to their home, test everything, figure it out. And then, you know, we can go stage by stage and prioritize the process. So you actually have a plan in place of like, okay, I'm going to take care of this problem once and for all. First, I do this, then I do this, then I do this. Or if you're, if you're, if money is no object, just do everything at once, you know, but um, a lot of people, they just need to take time and do it step by step, you know, and that's okay. It just, you know, I, I really like for people to have a plan in place to take care of it because once you do, you, all of your nutritional protocols are going to work better. Everything you're doing to improve your health is just going to work so much better. And that's what I've seen in my practice. And, you know, that's what GeoVital has continually seen in their 35 year experience as a naturopathic clinic. Awesome. Do you also have some social media platforms that people can find you at? Yeah. So if you go to, you know, Facebook, I'm, I'm, I'm there under primal healing rhythms and you can, uh, you can like my page there. And, uh, that's kind of my main social media outlet right now that I, that I use. So you also mentioned that you do, um, some retreats to Hawaii. Can you talk about those and what all happens down at those retreats? Yeah, basically, I, we teach the healing rhythms that are that the name of my business is kind of uh, coined after, and you know it's just like the, the whole idea of you know getting into the the rhythm of how humans are meant to live and like waking up with the sun, and like you know different relaxation things you can do. Teaching people actually about the reflex points that that we learned with Nutritional Therapy Association and how to therapeutically use those to your advantage during the day you're feeling stress or you feel like your your liver is toxic or whatever and then you know also different ways to do breathing proper breathing exercises and uh you know uh, addressing light exposures and and dark exposure and and all the different types of uh, rhythms that you can kind of get into that will help your body to be optimal and one of the most exciting things that's happening right now is that um we're getting together with a bunch of uh, fellow nutritional therapy practitioners and holistic practitioners. And we're organizing, um, we're actually going to purchase some land over there in Hawaii. So I'm flying out there in June to do a geopathic stress assessment on this land. And we're going to have like a nutritional therapy association is going to kind of have a conglomeration of practitioners that are going to, uh, come in and join in and, and start this retreat center. That's also going to be a, beyond organic farm and um, I'm on the board for that so we're we're hoping to get that uh, jump started by January or February of next year that sounds like a really neat project yeah we're really excited you know that whole idea is that we can have all these uh, practitioners uh, starting to develop uh, retreats and use and use the facilities for a vastly discounted price and uh and we can you know we'll have like uh fishing boats and like you know we're going to start a csa on the island there and um you know have a have a farm with goats and pigs and maybe some cows and chickens and and everything and then we're going to grow everything like you know all the typical tropical fruit and uh, hopefully a lot of veggies and things like that so 
Um, and then everything, every facility, because of me, is going to be shielded from all the electromagnetic radiation and geopathic stress. So we're hoping to make it like the the most optimal healing place in the entire world right there on the big island. Oh, that would be nice. I feel like a lot of people could benefit from that. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about it, so... I've seen you do some photos, or not photos, but videos before, um, where you demonstrate different ways um, that people think are protecting you from EMFs, and then you'll show with your meter how it's really not protecting you that much. Are those videos available for people to see, or is that only in um, select Facebook groups that you've posted those? Yeah, I kind of post those in select Facebook groups and don't have them widely distributed just because I don't want to deal with the um, the retaliation from those companies. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of uh, products out there that claim to do something and they don't really do much of anything. You know, they're relying on that placebo effect to to get their results and their testimonials and things like that. And, you know, that's one of the things that's that's kind of hard as a holistic uh, practitioner or even functional medicine practitioner is, you know, there is this placebo effect that happens. And so if there's anything that's a little bit that's that doesn't really work, then uh, they people can have a lot of success just with that placebo effect. And so, you know, if you're if people aren't familiar with that, they can read up on the history of the placebo effect, and you know even conventional medicine accepts that as as something that happens, you know, and it's it's actually a something that we should use to our advantage. And if something is a catalyst for for you to have that placebo effect, that's great. Keep using it, but just know that you know if it's not verifiable and it doesn't go beyond the placebo effect, uh, you know, statistic then it probably isn't really doing much. You're just, your mind is actually helping you heal. Well, thank you, Brian, for coming on and talking about EMFs. There's, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about EMFs, but I feel like I have a pretty good uh, conception about it now. Um, and thank you for going over so many different ways, uh, being able to protect your bedroom and uh, protect your family and, kids from all this radiation yeah no problem it was a pleasure talking to you and and sharing the information i just hope it helps some people out there oh i know it will okay to find out more about brian hoyer go to primalhealingrhythms.com you can also see where he's located currently in the u.s um, and see if he will be coming through your area to do a home inspection Okay, if you enjoyed this episode of the Summit for Wellness podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast uh, app that you are listening to. And if you are on iTunes, please go to their ratings and reviews tab and leave us a review and a rating. That way, that helps other people to find our show and to spread this information. And we will see everyone next time.